presents the world's first rock video game, Journey Escape. The concert's over. Now you must help each member of Journey escape through mobs of love crazed groupies, shifty-eyed promoters, I can get you the sneaky no, photographers. No, find your roadies and manager. You've got ten minutes and run for the escape vehicle and live to rock another day. Welcome, lovers' voice across the mountainside to Geek Salad episode 227, side B of Geeks Just Want to Have Fun. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And we are back to continue our conversation of our individual five favorite songs from the first half of the 1980s. So, thus far... We have talked about I, – I know I have talked about Mad World by Tears for Fears and Space Age Love Song by A Flock of Seagulls. Mike, what have you talked about? How much he hates that song. How much he hates that song. All right. I talked about a dog and wanted to kick. Um, ah. Give me a second. Yep, Joe, <laughs> you, uh, you hit yours. All right, and uh, I spoke about uh, – Photograph by Def Leppard and Don't Answer Me by the uh, the Alan Parsons Project. All right, Catherine, how about you? I covered Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper and Whip It by Devo. Awesome. Awesome. Like you uh, back. And I and I covered uh, Safety Dance by Men Without Hats and Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Awesome. All right. And the countdown continues. So, Mike, why don't you uh, give us your next... Your... That, By the way, folks, if you're not aware of this, you can actually listen to full episodes of America's Top 40 on iHeartRadio. No way, really? It's trippy as fuck, especially if you just listen to like the bottom part of the 40. For all these songs, it's just like, oh, I seem to have a, a, a fleeting memory of that song. <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. He goes into like these. I mean, we're all going to be nostalgic about it, but when we listen to Casey Kasem and he tells a story about this thing, and then they found a little bird, and that little bird looked them <laughs> dead in the eye and said, "You killed my mother." Coming up on the <laughs> countdown of Man, a foreigner was... from Canada named Corey Hart. He wears his sunglasses at night. Most of what I know about Casey Kasem and remember, like, outside of him being uh, uh, shaggy, was he was on when my mother was giving me driving lessons down oh. at that <laughs> parking lot at the corner of Route 2 and Piper Road where I grew up. Because <laughs> we could actually oh, shift gears and drive like crazy. You know, I could get up to yep. like third, or, third or fourth gear and then dip back down before uh, the end of the parking lot. <laughs> So, yeah. But, yeah, we listened to yeah. Casey Kasem. Well, my advice is if you're in the car with somebody who doesn't like your choice in podcasts, listen to America's Top 40 instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what I've ended up having to do because nobody else in my family wants to listen to Knowledge Fight with me. So, well, Mike. Uh, 
I agree with your family that that is something that is very specific taste. It is. It is. I mean, I so listen Mike, to, I've listened to way more of it yeah. than you guys, but yep. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. All right, Mike, kick us off. Kick us off with your your next song. All right, then I shall go on a journey, and we shall go our separate ways. <laughs> Apart? Are we separate ways world apart, Mike? Yes, yes, indeed we are. Oh, man. I wish we were closer, though. Yeah, this was another one of the songs that was in that first pack of, like, your your relationship is over depressing stuff that I listened to this morning, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, I, 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 I wanted to have some Journey song on it, and I was like, this is my favorite Journey song. Not my favorite Journey gotcha. video, but my favorite Journey song. It's a, it What's is a great Journey video. I don't know, I, but it's not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say, you can't disassociate this song from the video, though. When I hear no. it, all I can see is all five of them standing on that, uh, like that wooden pallet, just like all trying to get camera time. Just miming playing the instruments. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a good song. It made me feel things, which is what artists are trying to do. It just made me feel very sad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it I think it's a worthy follow up to what is their be- the best thing they ever did, which was the the entire Escape album. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just it, it was they they had an uphill battle and at least they got the lead off single, right? Yeah. The, the train agrees. That was a train. <laughs> yes, it is. Cool. I live next to the track, so yeah. Yeah, okay, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true, that's true. But, yeah, no, well, at least the train agrees that they had a, they had an uphill battle, and I feel like they, they, they conquered it successfully. Yeah. Was anybody, did anybody finish uh, the, the most recent season of, separ- of uh, Stranger Things? Yes. You have. I think Mike gave up on Stranger Things. Yeah, Catherine, I gave up after the second episode of the of the uh, third season because it just got way too body horror for me. Yeah, no, I, I finished. Gotcha. I finished the most recent season of Stranger Things. Okay. And this song was not the one that has been known for the end of the most recent season of Stranger Things. No, 
But I gotta say, the mix that they did for Stranger Things, like leading up to those last two episodes, like that, you know, where they kind of gave like that little month long break. I, I was like, wow, that's a that's a good use of this song. Like they really they they worked it right into the score. It was it was very effective in what they were doing. Nice. Yeah. So, but. Mike, anything else you got to say about separate ways? What's up? Puzzles breaking in two. 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 Well, not anymore. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, all right. Joe. Joe, what do you got for me? All right, I think I think I think we need to liven it up, liven it up a little bit, and and you know go to a, go to a happy place. So, so I'm coming out with my my second big gun, which is uh, Jump from Van Halen from their eponymous eponymous their their peak album, 1984. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's it's, well, it's such a fun song. It really is. It, it's it, fun. it doesn't it doesn't ask a lot of you. You don't have to think too hard about it. You just it's just a good rocking song. Yeah. No, it is. And it's a, this is the first time that they they truly implemented um keyboards or like the synthesizer into their into their music so they could at least keep up with everybody. Yeah. I, I, I swear, if they didn't do that, this this whole album would have gone nowhere. It, it was kind of foreshadowing, like, where the where Van, where it, like, Eddie were, was taking Van Halen to. Yeah, where Eddie wanted to take Van Halen to. Yeah, and where Don, David, David, not where David Dave wanted. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not where Dave wanted to take it, but where Eddie wanted to take it. Um... It's interesting too that this song doesn't actually kick off the album. It feels like it should. It should because we've well, seen enough be, stuff where it's always been the opening song in a movie. But well, it's it's simply because one, it, it's it was their number their their biggest hit at the time, and it was their the first release single and the first you know video. Yeah. You know, and it's it dominated the airways, especially on MTV. For months, I mean, for weeks, and I think it, I think it, there was a long space between the release of the 1984 video before we got Panama. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was like I think we had like a solid five months because yeah, Panama cause I remember, was a summer release. Because I remember it was like it, it seems like it was 1984. 
then this long time before Panama got released, and then Hot for Teacher. Yep. Yeah, God, the back in the day before you know before they were just stack singles. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is I. This is easily their biggest song ever. I don't oh, yeah. think they ever had another number one hit, even with. Even with Sammy Hagar, I don't think they ever had another number one hit. Really? Yeah. That's a shame. I, I, this was, I mean, I, mean you, I hate to say you had to be there because, like, Mike, you were six. Uh, you know, yeah. And yeah. The, this Actually, year, no, this you were year. five because this came out, like, in January of 84. Yeah. Um, it was every fucking where. The video... Uh, it was David Lee Roth shaking his cock at his ass in every like MTV promo. It was just like doing, doing karate kicks and was, all, this, all this shit. Had to, <laughs> oh, playing with that sword. You had to be there to to understand how immense this song was. Now here's an interesting comparison because they're sort of, they're sort of like they almost kind of bookend each other in in this in a way, but. It's an interesting comparison that 1984, I don't think, had the same cultural impact on the music, on the same, the same sort of impact on the culture and the music scene in the way that 19, uh, uh, Photograph did. Yeah, well, it was, it, it was, it, yeah. I mean, maybe it, 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 it has something to do with the fact the that the band broke up right yeah. after, you know, not too long afterward, but. Yeah, it just it, it just seems it just seems like it just seems to me like Photograph has more of a staying power than nineteen eight uh, than Jump did. Well, well fo- it Photograph does, is like, but Photograph is kind of about something. Jump is just kind of a you know David Lee Roth uh, rocks out cocks out thing. Yeah, it's exactly it. It's. You know, you can use you can use Jump as a song if you need inspiration in something. Like you could easily just have like a kitten hanging off of a, a hanging off of a tree branch, and right below it, I get up and nothing gets me down. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like like I mostly know Jump because I had a babysitter, Michelle, who loved to like come over and watch MTV, mm-hmm. and so like. This was one of the ones, and, like, as a child, I could identify with, like, let's just get up and jump and run around and jump. <laughs> and it didn't, like, it didn't have any concepts I didn't understand. It was just, it was just fun. Yeah. It's pure and clean. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's a good song. I, I'll, I will freely admit, though, I think on 1984, Panama's a better song. Oh yeah, mm. just it's the pounding guitar, you know, yeah. and you know again, Dave just wanting to fuck that car. It's just <laughs> <laughs> so. But right. no, those are my thoughts on uh, jump. All right, so yeah. Catherine, what do you got for us? All right, what do I have up next? I'm gonna go with Queen, another one bites the dust. (laughs) 
Hmm. I mean, I, I'm here. I'm hearing the bass line in my head the second you yeah, me too. bring up that title. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just so good. I think even before I was like, I think even before I was like super into music, I knew this song. Yeah. It was just like it was like that that run of Queen songs that just you knew because. Of you know you're watching you know in my case we're watching the 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 great Boston Celtics in the early '80s and just someone to play that or we will you know we will rock you just the, and it's just the participation portions of that yeah yeah but yeah. It, this this song kind of exemplifies I mean, what Freddie Mercury is yeah it's, it's just like yeah. Yeah, it just goes like a regular song, but it like starts off with just like the the bass and the another one bites the bass, and then he goes like, uh, 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 and mm-hmm. the, the things he does with his voice yeah. is just yeah. He had like, a, he had such a broad range. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be out too far off a of base if I said he's probably the greatest front man in rock and roll history. Just I, in general, front yeah, man. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I can't. I can't counter that. But I, I, I do. <laughs> I do love some Queen, and and this this song like is just yeah, yeah. It. I was you I was know, doing my homework, know. and I was like, songs nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty four, and it was like one, and I was like, I was checking the release years. I was checking the release years, Andy, and some of them was like, oh, this hit the charts and blah blah blah, and I was like. Yeah, but it wasn't released that year, so swipe it away. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But this one... Thanks for playing one, by the rules, Catherine. You bet. <laughs> this, one, this one was released in 1980. There was, like, some other Queen songs, and I was like, nope, doesn't count. But this one did, and Damn it. that was the first one that jumped out at me, and I'm like, I do love this song a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, what the, the cool thing about this song is that it goes to show that all four members of this band had like played a legitimate part in this band. This song is it's primarily John Deacon's bass. Um yeah. but Roger Taylor's drums to follow that. You know, whereas with most with most rock combos, it's the singer and the lead guitar player. And, you know, the bass player could just be lucky if we if we didn't mix all of his his, his tunes out completely. Um but this and especially is, at I mean, the time one of their biggest hits. the drummer with a drum machine. But yeah, the the, the right. entire band was extremely talented. Right, I mean, they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they they were all my maestros in the in the instruments that they played, without a doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they could all write songs, and they could all sing. It was amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else on another one bites the dust. Uh, everybody take a drink because I'm going to point out another one rides the bus. Of course. Everybody. And, and as, as, as a bus, a licensed bus driver, I have to mention that. that was one of the first songs that we'd all get on the radio, if not the first. Yep. It, yeah, it's, it's, yep. it's pretty much up there. We will, we will see when we watch weird. <laughs> when we watch the movie. When we watch, I'm the when only we watch one the movie that's going to be totally so. honest and completely not a goof. Yeah, talk about people completely missing the point of the trailer. <laughs> oh my Did god! People missed the point of the trailer. 
Did people yes. weird out? They, they, they took it seriously. Oh yeah. my god, did they not realize that it's a parody of all the recent biopics that have come out? Right, no, they did not. People did not realize that oh a movie god. about Weird Al Yankovic is not going to be a serious biopic. Right. Man, he even Weird did Al a even... spoof of like, the, the, the behind the music where uh, Ed McMahon moved into his parents' house and Ed McMahon actually showed up and did that. <laughs> <laughs> People are um, dumb. Yeah, people are dumb. And Weird Al even went on record and said, because he's the one who wrote the script to this movie Weird. He was like, I wanted to make a problematic movie about a not-so-problematic person. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, all right, here's, here's a little project for you guys for whenever. Watch the trailer to Weird and then find the funnier Die trailer for weird <laughs> because they did they did one with Aaron Paul as Weird Al and I'm 100% convinced it's the same it's going to be the same movie <laughs> <laughs> no that that's so totally I mean sense. you'll leave it you you will know it when I see it but I, I put that in your in I your uh, in your lap okay all right, so I guess it's my turn now, and I'm going to go with a not so surprising pick for me, but it's one of my favorite. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's in a big country by Big Country. Andy, question first. Can you name another one of your songs? Absolutely. In words. Fields of Fire. (laughs) No, Uh, yeah. Like you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. You're asking the wrong person. You should ask me or Catherine. Yeah. Okay, Joe, Catherine, can you name another one of their songs? No. Not until I get on Google now. (laughs) Right. Wow. No, I can't. I yeah, can't say um, this is. I can't say this is the best use of uh, of bad pipes in rock and roll. <laughs> which is which is interesting, Joe, because they don't use they don't use bagpipes. That is all guitar. <laughs> that is all guitar that is tuned up, and I think it's all. I don't remember which compression pedal he was using, but this is that's all guitar. But they wanted to make it sound kind of nice. bagpipey. I mean, this is kind of like the un-early 80s song. There's no synth. It's not dancey. It's not new wavy. It's very it's, – it's just a simple rock song where they really decided that if they're going to take, take advantage of, like, advances in production, make the guitars sound different. Yeah. And 
I mean, it's a it's a catchy song. I, f- I found this, you know, another shout out to vinyl here. So I don't know if we're drinking for that yet, but feel free. Um, I got this on eBay, and the copy I got of the Crossing is it's in perfect condition, and it's it sounds clean. And I I, I like I took a picture of it and said I've been waiting to get a vinyl copy of this forever. And uh, somebody I went to high school, Hugh Huntwork, Hugh Huntwork said. They're one of those bands that I wish I had known about them when they were around because when I discovered their songs later in life, I'm like, oh, man, I really missed the train here. And a lot of people in my, my circle said the same thing. It's They're very much a musician's band. They were session musicians that just got together and did a yeah, put a band together. And it's, it's just – it's so unlike everything of this era and it sounds cool i love the i love the lyrics of this i love the just the guitar it's it just, it just feels this song fills me with joy no it's it's, it's a I'm, fun song I, I like it i really enjoy it hmm. it's a fun song but i can't yeah. really listen to the lyrics too much because i i don't think they make a lick of sense <laughs> okay that's fair well, Joe, you're a guitar guy. I would recommend listen listen to the crossing and let me know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, I have to, I have, to I have to give it a listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you've got a streaming service, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, then you can listen to it then. All right, Mike. It's back oh, to you. It's back to me. It's back to you. Yes. Oh, okay. Lovely. Uh, then I shall pick. <laughs> um. I got two more left. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, a little bit of Bonnie Tyler, holding up for a hero. Good song. It, it, it does rock. My favorite Bonnie Tyler song. Yeah, she's got a few good songs that I really like, but none of them for me. None of them hold a candle to this, and it's just such a like really high energy, high upbeat song. Um, you got that that guitar licks are just fantastic in this one. Drum beats on it, um, and. Uh, and I've, I've seen some really amazing uh, anime music video sets in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, didn't we do this when we did a, a an episode where we covered, like, wacky videos? Videos, yeah. We, we did, like, our, um, it was our MST, M- M- MTV3K. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. And, yeah. It's, like, yeah. you know, the Vestal Virgins and the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. 
But again, like, I love this song. I don't know what it is about it, but something about it just really, like, grabs you. Yeah. Grabs me, grabs you. And it's just, like, it's just strong, powerful. Exactly. If, like, the only yeah. way you can uh, not like this song is if you don't like this kind of sound at all. Yeah. And so, like, like I'm, I'm sure somebody out there doesn't like it, but uh, I, I love this song. <laughs> it came up, and I was like, yeah! It's, yeah. Especially when especially it showed up in the, Loki. the first three depressing songs that came up in the playlist because <laughs> yeah. I pay for Spotify, so yeah. I came up on random, and I'm like, depressing, depressing, depressing. Yay, Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when this song came, appeared in Loki, and my kids heard it and like, oh, this is going on the playlist. I'm like, hell yeah, it's going on the playlist. <laughs> nice. Nice. So it's – yeah, it, it's great too, and it's such a weird it, – it was such a great counter to Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. Yeah. I do love Total so. Eclipse of the Heart, but for me, it does not hold a candle to this song. No. No, no, no. It's – yeah, Total Eclipse of the Heart is a good song, but this is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, that's... Uh, try, try to avoid the, um, yeah. the, the remix that they did, did in Shrek. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah. Talk about trying too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh all right. Anything else about uh, Bonnie Tyler here before we move on to Joe's next pick? No, I'm good. All, all right. right, Joe. All right. All my, you. Next, my next pick. Um, you knew you, you knew I had to include a Dire Straits song at some point. You know, yep. I was really fucking used. shot. All I, Joe. All I can think of is was this like was eighty to eighty four when uh, Clapton was detoxing because. <laughs> He, he, well, he was he was he, he was he was detoxing during this time period, and he, but he did put out some albums. But <laughs> I, I'm having a complicated relationship with Eric Clapton these days. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't say I blame you. So, oh but, my my, God. But, I mean, I, but but my boy Martin Offler, he's still good. He's he's still on on problematic. So yeah, yes. <laughs> so for for my next pick, I uh. I uh, picked uh, Romeo and Juliet uh, from the uh, 1980 album Making Movies. Come up on different streets They both were streets of shame Both dirty, both mean Yes, and the dream was just the same and I dream your dream for you And now your dream is real How can you look at me as if I was just another one of your deals When you can fall for chains of silver You can fall for chains of gold You can fall for pretty strangers And the promises they hold You promised me everything You promised me thick and thin, yeah Now you just say, oh, Romeo, yeah you know, I used to have a scene with him Juliet When we made love You used to cry Said I love you like the stars above I love you till I die There's a place for 
And one of the reasons I love this song is, well, one of the reasons I love Mark Knopfler, besides being a, one of the greatest guitar players ever, is he is also such a great songwriter. And mm. especially his ballads, um, oh, yeah. you know, he he does such a good story of weaving, I mean, a good, such a good job of weaving a story, you know. And this song is probably what at at one of his peaks of being able to tell a story through songwriting. Yeah. Would you say he yeah, can tell I, a I story hadn't written song forever? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even I got that one. I you know I got it. Yeah. I, I, was, I was kind of hoping Catherine would bring it up, but. <laughs> I love I, I I hadn't listened to the song in forever until it came on the playlist this today and it was like I, I, what I love about Dire Straits is that even even with their ballads and everything they do they change up the energy they change up the tempo and mm-hmm. then go back to it and it's just it's it, they're all natural progressions. But it's just you're right. He is just he's a, he's a master at crafting a song. Right, and and it it takes talent to be able to use a um, a national steel dobro guitar and use it effectively mm. in a love song. You know, because <laughs> it just because the natural tendencies of that kind kind of guitar. You know, a, a metal a, a metal body guitar, acoustic guitar, it's generally used yeah. mostly for like country, you know, country songs and stuff yeah. like that. Just because they can, if not played right, they can be very tinny and very harsh. Yeah. But he's got mm-hmm. the touch to make it work for a love song and for a ballad. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, yeah. and again, no, you I, know, I absolutely agree. And, and you know, going along with the theme, you know, the the theme of uh, depressing songs and the God, our our, our relationships suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a, a song named after what you know, a tragic love story. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, you know, it's 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 a really it's a that's a solid pick. So, all right, Catherine, you want to take a, take us to another one? As Joey, you have anything else to say about Romeo and Juliet? Nope. All right, let's go with a uh, Stray Cat Strut by the Stray Cats from 1981. Black and orange stray cats sitting on a fence. Don't pay the rent I'm flat broke But I don't care I strut right by With my tail in the air Straight catch strut I'm a This was, I rock this town was like the first song I think 
I heard from Stray Cats. This was the second. I think this is actually the second single mm-hmm. from from that debut album, and it's a it's such a fun song. It's just easy to pick up the lyrics, so and it's a great car song to sing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like I like this song back when it first came out, and then you know. Uh, in college, I got into swing dancing because that was when uh, uh, swing dancing and Lindy Hop had a revival. Yep. Like, you know, to the point where they were in commercials and stuff. And, you know, like we had swing kids and all that kind of crap. But I liked it before <laughs> that, you know, like, and yeah. I, I, I I, could still swing if if I, I had a chance. And I, I just love swing dancing. I love the music of the time. I love the the swing. I love swing jazz. You know the and, the, the the overriding memory I have of this song is I first listened to it when I first when my mom and I first moved up to the uh, the mainland from Puerto Rico. Yeah, and yeah. we were living with my my dad's parents up in Merrimack. You know, and so you know I'd spend time you, you know I'd spend time with father. My father loves. You know, fifties. You know, he's a you know he's a boomer, and he loves fifties and early sixties rock and roll. And this is this would be was one of the modern songs that he actually liked. He loved the Stray Cats just because they had that fifties greaser kind of ethos that my dad yep. really identified with. Yeah, this was one of those songs that in the eighties that just kind of grabbed. Harking back to the fifties, which right, it, 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 it kind of yeah. grabbed onto the the bird, or it might have been kind of like one of the starts of like fifties, sixties nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely well, around that time, of... around the time that like you know Dirty yeah. Dancing came out, and, and like all the fifties music was coming out at like the grocery store and everything. Right, yeah, yeah. Old, like old, you know, With oldies one hundred three. You know, this was around the time when yeah, one hundred three changed from being a top forty station to being a the oldie station. Yeah. Well, my a- Andy and Catherine might be old enough to remember when when one hundred three point three used to be a top forty. Yep. Yeah, I, I only I listened to my mom's days. radio station. <laughs> but yeah, like somebody we, we, at yeah. We listen to a lot of WBCN. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I personally didn't listen to BCN, and that's on me. But yeah, the uh, when yeah when when fifties became a thing, and like we did it, and like we we had to, you know, we didn't have the budget in uh, uh, junior high to rent a show, so we had to like write a show. Based and like right yep. around fifties music that we could get right, you know, didn't have to get rights to because it was free and clear, and you know that was that was the time in the uh, late eighties, early nineties where like fifties was having a resurgence, and uh, again, uh, 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 Dirty Dancing was out. But yep, yeah, I remember straight. that it was actually like yeah, it was like the mid to late eighties is like. If an alien showed up, like, what is with all this fifties music? What is what is going on? Uh, we are afraid of the blob. Uh, <laughs> but the, which was yeah. also remade in the late eighties. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm the, not wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. The I the what I like about the stray cats. Yeah. Go. 
They did. And they actually they sounded legitimately like they came out of like the like the late fifties. Um, I was shocked when I saw like a video, like a music video. And it was for it wasn't for Stray Cats, right? It was for Rock This Town. And I was like, wait, these guys are young. This isn't an old song. This song came out last year. Wait, what? What is it? I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, th- and this is actually following a, a a thing that a lot of British bands were doing at the same time, where they were kind of like going back to the uh, like the old the old, old musical scene of the like the the early sixties, like you know, trying to make Skiffle a thing again. You know, just. <laughs> But I think, right, which I is, think which is just a, which is just a British interpretation of rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. but I That's think Brian Setzer was just doing that because that was what was popular at the time because of like Dirty Dancing and Back to the Future and all of that. Because he was like, "Oh, rockabilly is what I can do. Okay, I can do this." Yeah. Because uh, if you've listened to the Brian Setzer Orchestra, it's clear that he wanted to go even further back to like Glenn Miller. Hmm. And and do that yep. kind of swing, which again, I do love to dance to that. No, he had an ear for it. <laughs> He's still alive, so he has an ear for it. <laughs> yeah, he has an ear for it, and it's really good. And he can he can take that sound and bring it into a world that we can understand. Yeah, but you know that was that was the kind I of thing. Like that. I li- I liked it at the time, and then when I got into swing dancing i was like i can dance to the i can i can dance the way brian setzer wants me to dance to this music <laughs> nice nice all right anything else we have to say about stray cat strut other than i get my dinner from a garbage can <laughs> hey you do you that's man. how we used to yeah well that's like when Hulk Hogan used to come out to uh, Real American. We w- we would actually in- we would insert that line into it. So I am a real American. Get my dinner from a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hogan may have uh, actually. Anywho. <laughs> well, that's where the needle was, brother. All right, so I'm going to uh, move on to uh, my next song, which is Overkill. By Men at Work. Between the sheets Only brings exasperation It's time to walk the streets Smell the desperation At least there's pretty lights Though there's little variation It nullifies the night From overkill I love this song. It's so haunting in how it just every, everything about this song, the saxophone, the the synthesizers, 
it just it just makes the song so haunting and it's it's had so many resurgences like colin hay will just do it he did an acoustic version which showed up on scrubs and then it like charted and it's just it's crazy the life this song has had anybody have thoughts on this one I have more. I just didn't know if anybody had any thoughts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't penetrate when I was listening to the playlist. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, go ahead, Kevin. I mean, when we think of Men at Work, we think of like that fun. We we think of like that happy-go-lucky fun band that did Down Under and yeah, did. Honestly, when you when I think of Men at Work, I think of Men Down. Uh, you know, Down Under. That's the only song of theirs I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I definitely had to a this bunch this morning, of hits, but I'm, I'm like, I'm already blanking on it. How, how many hits did they have in oh. the U.S. versus how many hits did they have in Australia? Mm-hmm. I think they had. This was this actually did chart in the U.S. Uh, they had two. I mean, they had two number one hits in the U.S. Both on the first album. This came off their second album. Um. Yeah, I think this one charted, and I know that they had a lot of they had a lot of MTV airplay on this one, um, and Highwire, Doctor Jekyll and Mister uh, Doctor Heckle and Mister Jive. But Overkill is just it's. I mean, I just sing it, and I just I just I feel kind of feel all those emotions as I'm singing about it's just that you know it's I'm alone, just I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Well, you know, it, it, it's just funny. I was, when I was listening to it earlier, you know, I was listening to it on the playlist. I found it to be, in terms of its rhythm, to be very structurally uh, similar to Who Can It Be Now? Mm. And it was, I was having a Good hard point. time mm. separating the two. So one is, it, this is definitely a down-tempo song, though. This isn't as... Oh no, it, no, it's a definitely a, you, know. A, you know compared to who can it be now? But rhythmic, rhythmically, they, I found them to be very similar. It's just like you could almost transpose one over the other. Hmm. That's that's I've never thought of it that way. The song's like forty years old. That's hmm. interesting. So. All right. Apparently, this one didn't make as big of an impact on you guys as it did on me. So, uh, sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's quite all right. So, I, I all right. We got one more each. So, Mike, what's your last song? Uh, my last song is my favorite song by Chicago, which is one of my all-time favorite bands, and uh, it's actually a song I danced with uh, John at Mike C's wedding, wedding, and that was oh. uh, "You're the Inspiration" by Chicago.
Nice. Uh, that's, I love that yeah. song. I, that is, I have to agree with you, Mike. That's one. Of, that's probably one of my my favorite um, Chicago song. It was also oh, yeah. Last, yeah. It was also probably the, the last collaboration between um, Peter Cetera and Chicago because he left the band after this uh, after this album. Did he? I thought he left after the next album. Nope. nope I, I don't even know what Chicago number it was because you're the inspiration. Wasn't your the inspiration released in eighty uh, two? No, I believe it was. Um, I believe it was eighty four. Oh no, you're right. You're right because uh, what's the song I'm thinking of from eighty two then? That was like a huge hit for them. Um, well, this one was off for Chicago seventeen. Okay. Yeah. No. Why can't I? Um. Yeah, I will. I will figure it out at some point. But yeah, hard, it's hard it's a very sorry, pretty maybe? song. Yes, that's it. Hard to say. I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Which is like the first thing I ever heard from Chicago. Good and song. Then I, for me, it's you're the inspiration all the way. Oh gotcha. yeah. I I heard because it's funny when I when I heard um, hard to say. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I noticed my mom had a ton of Chicago records. And I'm like. Oh, let me play these. They don't sound anything like top forty popified Chicago. Yeah, they are. Is have you ever listened to like the first three albums, Mike? I know you're seventeen really on this one, but oh, very, very horns forward. Very, very much. It is a. It's essentially a funk and jazz ensemble. Oh yeah, um, makes sense. It's very, they're very different bands, and then when they let Peter Cetera kind of just take the leads, the, the lead vocals, and it, they 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 definitely went in a different. You can definitely tell they went in a different direction. Yeah. Um. So. You know th- this. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Peter Cetera originally wrote this song for Kenny Rogers. Oh. And then he decided, like, Kenny Rogers decided he didn't want it. So Peter Cetera reworked the uh, lyrics, and boom, it became You're the Inspiration. Huh. Hmm. But, yeah, this is just... Interesting. This, this is just... It's such a powerfully just emotional song that's still really uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, can, I, can, I can definitely imagine... Uh, Kenny Rogers doing it, but I I like the version that we have. Yeah, same here. Yeah, hmm. interesting. All right, anything else we have to say about uh, you're the inspiration before we move on to Joe's final song? No, love it, love it. I guess not. So, Joe, what's your last song? All right, my last song um, is Magic by the Cars.
released in 1984. Good. Oh, Good this pick. is, this is such a so song. Joe, there were so many car songs that you could have picked. And well, none the of thing, them would the have been was, the wrong answer. <laughs> well, the thing is, I remember, you know, this was released early or like early summer 1984. And this became the song of that summer. Because it was su- it's such a fun yes. song, and I mean the video was kind of, it was wacky, um, it was fun, and like you said, yeah, it's there really wasn't a bad song off that album, you know. Yeah, you know, Heartbeat City is fa- a fantastic album. It is so yeah. good, but just. Looking at any song the Cars released in 1980 would have fit perfectly. And again, you would not have been wrong in picking any of them. But yeah, Magic is Magic is really cool too because it's just they got the production end of everything down. Like they were always a rock, you know, just like a like your straight up Boston rock band. Then Heartbeat City comes out and it's like, hey, what if we hire a, a real producer to put this together? And it sounds great. It just sounds. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, no, he's right. They, it they, sounds, you're right. I mean, it, it sounds it great. You know, just just and not the way the, produced either. No, just from the way the song starts with the the synths and everything else like that, and just goes right into the you know Rick Ocasek you know singing and oh, it's it's a it's the perfect song. It's a perfect summer song from 1984. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely, and I. I it, it, we we don't get those anymore. We don't get like great summer songs like this anymore. So it's nice to you know we we at least got them when we were young. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, it's it's just fun. I didn't know what else to say. Um, anything else about magic before we hit Catherine's nope. last hit? Nothing for me. Might think it's right. my song off this album, but no. <laughs> you like? might think you might yeah, think. Geez. But <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, Catherine. All right, so I'm going to go with something very upbeat. It is uh, "Believe It or Not," which is officially and was written to be the theme for the Greatest American Hero TV show. But the song stands on its own feet, and just it always just brings good. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It brings good in such. I mean, you can look at this as you know. You remember from the TV show. You remember. You just you like the the way that the song sounds, uh, or it's a, it's it's a goofy. It's just a goofy novelty hit. But all of that combined, it's a it's a fun song. And again, another great comes out of the car. You can't not sing it. 
Yeah. yeah, and I was I was talking to my coworker uh, earlier today. I was telling him what we were recording tonight because he li- Kevin listens. Hi, Kevin. And uh, I was like, I mentioned this song. I was like, the theme from the uh, from Greatest American Hero. He's like, what? And I started, you know, telling him the lyrics. He's like, oh yeah, I know that song. Like people that never watched the show know this song. Because it, right. it, it did have regular radio rotation because it's just a feel good song. It does it's not a song that's so specific to the T V show. But when you understand it in the context of the T V show, you're like, Oh yeah, he can actually fly now. He's figured it out. But at the same time <laughs> it's like you can you anybody can feel the feeling of I can fly, I'm walking on air. I'm feeling free. I feel good. Yeah. And, and yeah. You can you can feel it, you can aspire to it, you can just want to feel happy and free. There's a reason this song lived on beyond the show. Cuz I mean the show was kind of was it was cute, fun, wasn't anything like spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The song is pretty spectacular. It's just so much fun that anyone anyone wants to sing along with it. Yeah, and and, and yeah. again, like you can you can just want to uh, feel that emotion of just being free. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so weird. It, it was it's always been a weird thing for me too when songs from TV shows like chart. I don't think we've seen this since like maybe the Rembrandt song from Friends. Uh, it's <laughs> been a long time since this is, this has happened, but it's. <laughs> It is. It is interesting because if you think, if you listen to just the music, just the piano part at the very beginning, it sounds like every TV show of that era. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it was like Mike Post wrote that. <laughs> I'm actually. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 convinced he didn't. It's Joey Scarborough. Now, now I'm looking it up. Yeah. Well, Joey Scarborough sang this song, but did he write it? I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice to have it um, as a you know it, it's it's nice that it still has a lasting um it's it's still got a it's got staying power forty plus years later. Yeah, composed by Mike Post. Okay, so the theme for the Greatest American Hero, believe it or not, is a song composed by Mike Post with lyrics by Stephen uh, Geyer and sung by American singer Joey Scarberry. So I was right; it was Mike Post. But yeah, it's it's just it's just a fun and good song, and yeah. I like it. And it's just it's just feel good, happy music. I yeah. I, I, I mean, even song. Yep. Even the most hardcore cynic can't say that they don't they don't enjoy the song. No one says that they no. hate this song. You might no, be no, indifferent no. to it, and you still can't say you hate it. Yeah. All right. Well, one more. And that's mine. And let me just pick another song that y'all are going to be totally indifferent to. Sniff. Um, <laughs> don't. <laughs> hey, Andy, don't, don't change, change Yeah. Don't change by In Excess. Yeah. 
Oh, man. You see, kids, there was a time before NXS released Kick and was, like, the yeah, biggest that's... band of the late <laughs> 80s. And this album, quite honestly, the, I mean, the entire album, Shabu Shaba, just is so – it's superior to to Kick, but I understand why Kick was, like, the bigger – well, that's, you know, a, well, that's the problem. That, that's the thing, if you will. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I before you put the song up, I know I mm-hmm. I've I've heard the song. I, I it's like one of those things where okay, I know the song from somewhere, but it never yeah. clicked with me that it was in excess because again, for me, in excess is Suicide Blonde. It, yeah. it, it is kick, and it's it's that sound because this song sounds nothing like in excess as most people know it. Yeah, no. and the thing is, I think no, it, it doesn't. And the reason why why I say the sounds the song sounds like I know it from somewhere is like, and I was thinking about it while I was, earlier while I was listening to it on the playlist is like this before Michael uh, before any singing even takes place, this music the music could be the background music for any 80s movie oh yeah oh i i can see that i can see where you're coming from for that it's interesting because this is their. i mean this was a decent size hit elsewhere besides the states they closed out they closed concerts with this one this was like their big closing hit oh yeah like even during even during like the the kick and x tours this is what they would close with and I think just just going back, I've been like I've honestly been on kind of like a in excess binge lately, and I just it just I heard this song again, and I just it brings back so many good feelings. Um, and I just I I think it's just it's a fantastic song. It made me want to go back listen to the entire album, which is is fantastic. I even you know went then I started listening to the swing, which is the album after this. It's like wow, these guys were. These guys were great. I mean, I don't begrudge them like the like the top forty success that they would get with Kick, but this stuff is just so good. And it fit within the time it came out too. This is all like eighty two, eighty three. Mm. Nice. And oh no, this this song did stick out to me when I was listening to our playlist today. Yeah. It's I, yeah, I wanted I wanted to end with this one because it's Go ahead, Kathy. I'm sorry. No, I, I definitely need more time to process it because it was a, a very, ah. uh, very intense song and interesting. Yeah. You know, you know, definitely give it a try. I mean, it's not like I'm not this. This playlist goes away. In fact, now I got to add more stuff to it from the uh, social media. So, yep. Yeah. There's all that. So, all right. Well, folks, we did it. We got through 20 songs. Only Against two all odds. Let's do it. <laughs> That is a lot. It's a lot of work. So, well, at some point, we will go and we will cover the second half of the decade. Maybe we'll do that, like, next year or something. I don't know. I don't know how many of these. I've got in me, like, right one on top of another. Um, But next episode, we're going to be talking about PC games, which, Mike, when was the last time you and I, any of us talked about PC games? Like, in general, just as a... It was episode seventeen. <laughs> okay, we are now on episode two. We are on episode two twenty-seven right now. So two hundred and ten episodes have passed, and that's like during the old 
my podcast day. So God help you if you can actually find that that episode. But oh, no, no, yeah, it, it, we're going to be taking. Podbean. It's on Podbean. Oh, it is. All right, it's cool. Called, it's called um, uh, you, you require more Vespine gas. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Which is a Starcraft reference. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we definitely need to. Uh, yeah, I think we definitely need to touch up on that. So we're going to be talking all about our experiences with PC games, uh, some of our favorites, some of our least favorites, and we would love to know from you what are some of your favorite or least favorite games that are primarily played on a PC. It may have had a console port later on down the line, but we really want to know about your experience with the PC. And you can let us know by um, answering the call when we put it out on our Twitter feed, which is at Geek Salad Radio, or on Facebook, which I'll try to remember to do this time, uh, Geek Salad Podcast. Uh, if you are new to the uh, show, uh, thank you. Go back and listen to part one. Um, but also check out all of our other stuff where you that you can get wherever you get wherever you got this podcast. But if you need to tell other people where to go, it is Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, you name it, we are there. We also have a YouTube channel, Geek Salad Podcast, where not only do you get these audio uh, drops, but you also get uh, Mike and my retro movie reviews. So tons of tons of content for us. Also check out our T Public store, which is keyword uh, Geek Salad Podcast. And I think that's about it. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 for the Atari 2600 from Data Age.